Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is your host and narrator, Miss Jones, here at Sunday School Special, where biblical motivation leads to spiritual dedication. We're going to go ahead and read our Sunday School lesson for June 21st, 2020, titled Gideon Defeats the Midianites. The lesson text will come from Judges 7th chapter, 9th through the 21st verses. Now read the introduction. How many of the presidents of the United States can you name? Most of us Americans can name those who served during our lifetime and a few of the more famous ones. Beyond that, unless you are a history buff, names of many of the less prominent presidents cannot even be recalled. Even if you know their names, you probably cannot identify anything significant they did during their administrations. It is the same way with the judges. During this period of several hundred years of Israel's history, there were at least 12 different judges. Some of them are mentioned only briefly, and we know little about them. Others, however, are given considerable space by the writer, indicating their prominence in the narrative. As we saw in last week's lesson, the reluctant Gideon eventually responded to God's call, but this was not before asking for several signs to assure him that the Lord was actually with him. While his actions are sometimes promoted as a means to discern God's will, it should be noted that Gideon's requests for signs were not because of a strong faith. Rather, they were made because his faith was weak. Exposition Verse by verse, God's promise of victory. Judges 7 chapter 9 through 14 verses. And it came to pass the same night that the Lord said unto him, Arise, get thee down unto the host, for I have delivered it into thy hand. But if thou fear to go down, go thou with Phura, thy servant, down to the host. And thou shalt hear what they say. And afterward shall thine hands be strengthened to go down unto the host. Then went he down with Phura his servant unto the outside of the armed men that were in the host. And the Midianites and the Amalekites and all the children of the east lay along in the valley like grasshoppers for multitude. And their camels were without number as the sand by the seaside for multitude. And when Gideon was come, behold, there was a man that told a dream unto his fellow, and said, Behold, I dreamed a dream, and lo, a cake of barley bread tumbled into the host of Midian, and came unto a tent, and smote it that it fell, and overturned it, that the tent lay along. And his fellow answered and said, This is nothing else, save the sword of Gideon, the son of Joash, a man of Israel, but into his hand hath God delivered Midian and all the host. Deliverance Determined Once convinced that God would deliver Israel from Midian by his hand, Gideon gathered a large army of some 32,000 men. While we might think he would have been commended for such efforts, the Lord actually told him, The people that are with thee are too many. God did not want Israel to conclude that it was by their own power or military strength that they defeated Midian. Consequently, the Lord wanted to reduce the number in Gideon's army. 
The first thing God told him to do was to let all the fearful return home, and 22,000 of them did so. With the 10,000 remaining troops, Gideon may have wondered if that was a sufficient force to defeat Midian. But again, God told him, the people are yet too many. Directing Gideon to take his men to a brook, God said, I will try for thee there. While the precise significance of how the men drank the water is not stated, it has been suggested that those who lifted their hands to their mouths to drink were more vigilant, thus making them better soldiers. Whatever conclusion we come to concerning how the men drank from the brook, we do know that God determined to secure victory using only the 300 men he selected. If God could defeat Midian through an army less than 1% the size of the army Gideon started with, there would be no doubt that it was due to divine intervention, not human effort. We should never doubt what God can do with a few who are committed to him. That very night, after Gideon's army had been reduced to a fraction of what it had been, Gideon was given another sign, though this was one he had not requested. The Lord told Gideon to descend into the valley where Midian was camped. There he would be assured of ultimate victory. As the Lord said, I have delivered it into thine hand. Knowing Gideon's propensity to fear, God told him to take his servant with him. Exactly how this would help, we are not told. Exactly how this would help, we are not told. But as we all know, just having someone with us can bolster our courage in a dangerous or difficult situation. Doubt Dispelled Gideon was going to hear something in the Midianite camp that would strengthen his courage. For whatever reason, Gideon always seemed to need additional affirmation from the Lord that he was going to be victorious. While most of us probably think we need more courage, there is also the danger of overconfidence. Possibility a sign that we are trusting in our own strength, not God's. Being cautious can sometimes cause us to miss important opportunities but being impulsive can lead to disastrous consequences. The Midianites and their allies had amassed a large army, numbering 135,000. There were so many encamped in the valley that they are described as grasshoppers for multitude and as the sand by the seaside for multitude. Gideon and his servant came near to the Midianite camp. Dream Described Considering what we already know about the large Midianite army versus Gideon's 300 divinely selected soldiers, some might conclude this was going to be a suicide mission. Of course, things were going to turn out quite differently from what might be expected from a human perspective. Overhearing a couple of the Midianite sentries, Gideon and his servant learned that Israel's victory had been predetermined by the Lord. One of the soldiers described a dream in which a cake of barley bread had tumbled into their camp and crushed a tent. Of course, in real life, a small piece of bread could not do much damage of any kind. Ancient people frequently saw dreams as a means of divine revelation. Even today, certain cultures place a high value on dreams and endeavor to interpret them. In fact, a number of times in scripture, God used dreams to both warn and give guidance. In this case, God certainly used the dream of the Midianite soldier as a sign and an encouragement to Gideon. 
we must be extremely cautious about attributing dreams today to God. This is not God's normal means of revelation today. Immediately, the other soldier interpreted the dream as a sign of Gideon's defeat of Midian. This, the soldier said, was not because of Gideon's superior military force, but because God had ordained his victory. It appears this was a direct word from the Lord at that moment, but it is also possible that was it appears this was a direct word from the Lord at this moment, but it is also possible this was the prevailing fear among Midian soldiers. If so, it indicates that their morale was already weakened. One thing is true of life in general, and is equally true of the Christian life. If we conclude that defeat is inevitable, we are already defeated. God's Plan of Attack Judges 7 chapter 15th through the 18th verses. And it was so, when Gideon heard the telling of the dream and the interpretation thereof, that he worshipped and returned into the host of Israel and said, Arise, for the Lord hath delivered into your hand the host of Midian. And he divided the three hundred men into three companies, and he put a trumpet in every man's hand with empty pitchers and lamps within the pitchers. And he said unto them, Look on me, and do likewise. And behold, when I come to the outside of the camp, it shall be that, as I do, so shall ye do. When I blow with a trumpet, I and all that are with me, then blow ye the trumpets also on every side of all the camp, and say, The sword of the Lord and of Gideon. Interpretation Accepted Hearing both the dream and its interpretation emboldened Gideon. He now realized that victory was certain. This also led him to worship the Lord. The Hebrew word rendered worshiped means to bow down. While we are not told all this entailed, we can be fairly certain that it included both prayer and praise. Moreover, Gideon worshiped before he did anything else, a practice we would do well to emulate especially once we realize what God wants us to do. With his face bolstered by his visit to the enemy camp, Gideon returned to his men and called upon them to ready themselves for battle. He confidently told them, The Lord hath delivered into your hand the host of Midian. The plan for victory was rather simple. Each soldier in Gideon's army was to take with him three objects, a trumpet, an empty pitcher or jar, and a lamp or torch within the pitcher. Since we are not told specifically whether God told him to do this, it is a matter of conjecture as to whose idea this was. Ultimately, however, it was a part of God's larger plan for victory. Similarly, we may think something is our idea when it actually came from the Lord, either directly or indirectly. We are not told at this point why Gideon divided 300 men into three companies. It eventually becomes clear, however, this was so they could surround and attack the Midianites from three different directions, given the impression they were greater in number than they actually were. Introduction Offered Though reluctant at the beginning, Gideon confidently took on the reins of leadership of his rather small army. He told his troops that they should follow his lead by doing what he did 
when they attacked Midian. Since Gideon was fearfully cautious in just about everything up to this point, it would be interesting to know exactly what his men were thinking. The soldiers may have been mystified as to the actual purpose of such unusual weapons, but their orders were to follow Gideon's example carefully. Obviously, the men who were with Gideon had not only volunteered for this mission, but also had been selected by the Lord for this battle. But even if they were the bravest men in Israel, they were severely outnumbered by the enemy. Surely they could not help but wonder about the numerical disparity between Midian's army and their own small force. Under normal circumstances, only one trumpet would accompany a contingent of troops. When Joshua conquered Jericho, only seven trumpets were used. The blowing of 300 trumpets would seem to indicate a very large army, quite the opposite of Gideon's troops. In addition to blowing the trumpets, the men were to shout, The sword of the Lord, and of Gideon. As military strategists know, the element of surprise is critical. If the enemy knows when and where the attack is going to occur, they can be prepared. As military history reveals, there have been numerous as military history reveals, there have been numerous surprise attacks that garnished significant victories for the attackers. God's power. Judges 7 chapter 19 through the 21st verses. So Gideon and the hundred men that were with him came unto the outside of the camp in the beginning of the middle watch, and they had but newly set the watch, and they blew the trumpets, and break the pitchers that were in their hands. And the three companies blew the trumpets, and break the pitchers, and held the lamps in their left hands, and the trumpets in their right hands to blow withal. And they cried, The sword of the Lord, and of Gideon. And they stood every man in his place round about the camp, and all the host ran, and cried, and fled. Trumpets Blown Generally speaking, ancient warfare was conducted during daylight hours with armies facing each other on the field of battle as in the scene of the Valley of Elah when David defeated Goliath. The Midianites undoubtedly thought that any battle with Gideon's army would come by daylight, if indeed they even expected a military encounter at all. Obviously, the Midianites still had to guard against a night attack or enemy probing so they posted regular sentries, but the majority of their troops had gone to bed. It was during the middle of the night that Gideon began his attack, just after new sentries had been posted. Even if these men sensed that something was about to happen, the bulk of the Midianite army was fast asleep. As most of us know, being awakened in the middle of the night can be very disconcerting, whether it is from the ringing of the telephone or some unknown noise. Most of us cannot just jump out of bed and be ready to confront the unexpected, especially an intruder. Gideon's company followed his lead and blew their trumpets and broke the pitchers in their hands. This was all part of the element of surprise to throw the Midianites into confusion. Triumph Assured Simultaneously, the three companies of Gideon's army did as their leader had done. The blowing of the trumpets awakened the Midianites. Hearing so many trumpets in their semi-conscious state led them to conclude that a vast army was attacking. The Israelites' main weapon was noise. 
and between the trumpet blast and the smashing of jars, they achieved the unintended effect of demoralizing the Midianites. The purpose of the pitchers was to conceal the light of their torches. Breaking the pitchers also may have caused the Midianites to think the battle had begun. While the lamps would have provided light for Gideon's men, they also served to frighten the drowsy Midianites. Seeing the lights on three sides of their encampment, they would have concluded that they were surrounded by a large army. Hence, they were not Hence, they were not only caught off guard, but also were tricked into believing they were under attack from a vast host. With Gideon's army standing firm in their positions, the Midianites simply ran and cried and fled. There were great confusion. There was great confusion among those who did not immediately flee. Indeed, the Lord set every man's sword against his fellow. Simply put, they started fighting each other. In the darkness and confusion, they did not even know who the enemy was. With this initial success in putting the Midianites to flight, Gideon issued a call to arms to other Israelite tribes to pursue their enemies. In fact, some from Ephraim were angry because Gideon did not call them sooner. Midian was defeated, and Israel enjoyed some 40 years of peace. Later, the Israelites wanted Gideon to rule over them as their king. Wisely, Gideon rejected their request. He said, I will not rule over you, neither shall my son rule over you. The Lord shall rule over you. This was what God wanted from the very beginning. While there were benefits in a centralized government, there would also be numerous problems. Even a cursory understanding of Israel's later monarchy reveals that there were far more bad kings than good ones. Even the best of Israel's kings had their faults. This is still true with political leaders, whether elected or part of a royal dynasty. As someone has said, the best of men are only men at best. Our golden text for this lesson comes from Judges 7, chapter 14th verse. This is nothing else save the sword of Gideon, the son of Joash, a man of Israel, for into his hand hath God delivered Midian and all the host. Here is golden text illuminated. It is indeed amazing to consider the lengths that Almighty Yahweh was willing to go to in order to encourage and reassure the timid and reluctant Gideon. His compassion on Gideon was evident as he neared the time of his small band's attack on the overwhelmingly large armies of Midian. The context here is one Midianite soldier's interpretation of his fellow soldier's dream. The two had been sleeping, and the one who had had the disturbing dream awoke and decided to share it with his comrade. All these things were spoken within the hearing of Gideon and his companion, who had sneaked down into the Midianite army camp during the night at the command of the Lord. The exchange was a comical aspect to it. The exchange has a comical aspect to it, although it probably did not seem so at the time. The Lord tells Gideon to go down to the camp to hear for himself the emotional and mental state of the Midianites. He arrives just in time to overhear a soldier's dream about an enormous barley cake that rolls into the Midianite camp and utterly flattens a tent. Then the man's comrade interprets the dream. 
It can be nothing other than the sword of the great warrior Gideon, who is coming with God's army to annihilate them. If that did not embolden Gideon, faint-hearted as he may have been, nothing would. We can take courage in our own daily challenges from the Lord's patient and thorough bolstering of Gideon's timid heart. Whatever we are facing, our God wants us to be encouraged that he is willing and powerful to go before us and assure us of victory, for greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Isaiah tells us, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. Yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. And Peter writes, Cast all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Paul offered these words of reassurance. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, shall guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Paul again instructs us, Wherefore comfort one another with these words. We have a great treasure trove of promises like these to always reassure ourselves, even in the most trying times, that our God is in sovereign control of all that comes to pass. He is on our side to comfort and strengthen us for whatever we must face. Finally, take heart once again from those beloved words of the Apostle Paul to the Romans. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor death, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. God has called us to courage. This will conclude our lesson reading for June 21st, 2020, titled Gideon Defeats the Midianites. The lesson that came from Judges 7 chapter, 9 through the 21st verses, with the golden text coming from Judges 7 chapter, 14th verse. I hope this has inspired you to continue listening to more of the daily readings leading up to the Sunday School lesson. And thank you for your listening support. If there are any questions or comments or concerns, you may do so by emailing me at sundayschoolspecial at gmail.com. Again, thank you so much for your listening support and look forward to reading you again for our daily readings leading up to next Sunday's lesson, June 28th, titled Samson Against the Philistines. That lesson will be coming from Judges 15th chapter, 9th through the 20th verses. Have a great day. And again, this is Miss Jones, host and narrator of Sunday School Special, where biblical motivation leads to spiritual dedication. God bless.